You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at megiddoradio.com. That's megiddoradio.com. Welcome, everybody. This is Paul Flynn with Megiddo Radio for Thursday, the 24th of February, 2022. Thank you all for tuning in on tonight's program. Two main topics. Not going to be spending a lot of time talking about one of them, but going to be spending more time on the second one. The first one is a few comments on um, Ukraine and just really more prayer points. Um, Not going to be really commenting on the situation there apart from just keep uh the those in your prayers if you if you've any any questions over the next hour we get a radio at g, gmail.com that's m-e-g-i-d-d-o radio at gmail.com apologies this program is about 15 minutes late or than the slot uh, originally agreed to um just also give you a bit of an update for those who are who do want to listen to the program live and things like that. Um, it's just in sermon audio. And this particular program is going to be recorded for YouTube. So if you happen to be listening to this on YouTube, this is uh, obviously going to be a pre-record for YouTube. Um, and what is it now? It's near the end of February. In all likelihood, uh, the program will be going for another two months. Um, and I am, just to let anybody know the situation that's going on, I will be available for a call to a church from the 1st of May, 2022. And uh, as soon as I receive a call, the program is is going to be put to the side. There won't be any more programs um, once I receive a call. Uh, for those of you not aware of Presbyterian Church government, um Basically, uh, I would be called by a congregation, specifically within my own denomination, and I would receive a call from them and uh, pray about it. And so from that point onwards, I would be, there would be no programs from that. So that's potentially for May. It might not be in May. It might be late, it might be much later than that. You never know. So, but just to let people know, um, if you want any updates on it, I will attempt to put one or two things on a website once the program is on hiatus and it will be on hiatus for quite a while um i'd ask that you keep it and keep me and the program in your prayers just for wisdom what to do with it uh the program will be on a hiatus for at least six months into that first charge basically me being a a full-time minister for the first time at least six months, probably a year. So there's going to be a quite a gap and programs going to be coming up ahead. So just to let people know, if you would like me to cover any specific topics in the next two months, uh, this would be probably the time to do it. And um, I can't promise anything. I'll try to keep it to issues that I have dealt with in the past. Uh, and that, one of the reasons I'm doing the, the topic I'm doing later with Russell Brand is just... His view of God is particularly 
common, or at least you'd hear it. And uh, and I think it's, I think it's worth going through. And I, I just hope that anybody who maybe shares Russell Brand's view, or finds it interesting, or in the very weird, you know, we share it in an internet. If if in the off chance that Russell himself is listening to this, I just pray that you would listen all the way through to the end of the program for the sake of your soul um, or anybody else who would be in any way influenced by that. And uh, so that, that'll be a bit later. The, the first thing we're going to do is just for a little bit, um, since this is a live program, we're going to be, uh, I'll take any questions during the program that are sent in to me get a radio at gmail.com. So just, and I have it open in front of me in case anybody's wondering, um, I'm going to be reading from Ephesians chapter two, and I'm going to be reading from verses 14 to 18 now. And we're also just going to pray a little bit for Ukraine. Um, there's one update that I'd like to fill you in on. Um, EMF or European Mission Fellowship. Um, this is just a something that was put up on their Facebook. Please pray earnestly for Vitali and Lumila Marish and their children, Mariana and Mark. Vitali is still in Kiev, where he feels he needs to remain with the people in his church, where he is one of the pastors last week. Ludmila, Mariana, and Mark traveled by car to can't pronounce um, uh, in the southwest he's in the southwest whatever the case anyway Vitaly reported this morning that there were more that there were six massive explosions in Kiev and asked us to pray for them now that that's nine hours ago now so I, I'm sh I haven't been keeping up with all the details and all the things very sad situation and obviously anybody mo vast majority of us are all recoiling at the thoughts of war and we don't want that and we we specifically think of those christians there's missionaries there are groups like come over and help or massively involved in ukraine and um there's a sense in which this has been okay this has been the case of human history because of sin since the fall of adam but it is a very very um we need to pray for the protection of God's people. And we need to pray as well that the Lord would use this uh, to bring people within that nation to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we're going to read there and pray about this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. Let us hear God's word. because, And just to remind ourselves as well that true and lasting peace only comes through Jesus Christ himself. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, let us hear God's word. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who are near. For through him, 
we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And any of the diplomatic solutions that may be given, unless they see that the real solution in any conflict around the world, it is through the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we've got to remind ourselves of that as we hear. I believe, look, we're, I think we're entering into a very volatile period of history. We're entering into a volatile period of history mainly because of the lack of men of principle in leadership and because of moral decline and because of the hardness of hearts. Humanly speaking, it's largely to do with our colossal amount of fear with regards to virus over the last two years that we can't seem to let go of in certain parts of the world. Thankfully, in the UK, we're starting to move past that and moving, hopefully, toward back to normality. But it will be a, a painful uh, transition over um, the next while. Now, so we're just going to pray there and... If you're listening live, you can join in with us. And I would just encourage you to pray for the situation. Things are going to get bumpy. But look, we shouldn't be afraid of it either. The Lord uses the darkest points in history to glorify his name too. So um, know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. We serve a sovereign God who has a purpose, a holy, righteous, and just reason for for orchestrating history this way. And there will be evil men, actors, there will be the Putins of the world, there will be Xi Jinping's of China and all these other people, the aggressors, the oppressors, and all this kind of thing. And I pray that God, for, by God's grace, that we wouldn't copy their, their tyranny and oppression, and we pray against it. And we would support those suffering, be that suffering in Canada under Justin Trudeau's hideous reign and the cr crazy things that are going on there, or Australia or New Zealand with Jacinda Ardern. It, it, it is a very volatile period, and we need to be anchored to the word of the living God now more than ever. And Take it as an opportunity to depend more upon God. God is bringing this into our lives for a reason, isn't he? So let us pray for the situation specifically in, in Ukraine. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray, O Lord, that you would please bless this program. You are the your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom there is peace, in whom you delight. And Father, we pray in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that you would protect your people in Ukraine. We pray for safety. We pray, O Lord, for peace there. But we pray, O Lord, for lasting peace that comes through the, the Son of God. We pray, O Lord, for the leaders of the nations, Ukraine and Russia, to repent and trust the gospel and to come and to see Christ as head of church and of state. And Lord, that your great and mighty name may be honored and glorified, that the, as the waters cover the seas, that the glory of God would cover the earth. O Lord, 
May your great and mighty name be glorified in all these things. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, now we're going to go on to Russell Brand. And uh, this particular clip we're going to look at in this section of the program is a clip I just stumbled upon on YouTube from a podcast or uh, I don't know I think it's a podcast um I think it's called a, yeah it's called the True Geordie podcast something I've come across over the years um a podcast years ago that used to be mainly for those in America have never heard of this podcast before um it, it, it is a bit like a bit like the Joe Rogan experience in some ways you, as in you got to be careful with it there's sometimes swearing and stuff like that. I don't really recommend the podcast per se, but I found this clip really, really interesting. It was a clip by itself that just says, does Russell Brand believe in God? And it's a seven minute clip. There's no swearing in it, which was great. Um, I was trying to look up other clips and unfortunately um, can't really use them for, um, for that reason. So, um, but Russell Brand oddly enough, is one of the guys that whatever opinion you may have of him, he's quite eccentric. Um, I remember years and years ago, maybe seeing him on maybe one or two films or something like that. This would be before I was a Christian or anything like that. Um, I think he has a bit of a drug past and things like that. And he seems to be probably in a better place right now. Not a Christian. Um, but whatever your opinion of him, he is giving a more reliable reading of much of the news than 90% of our news media, which is, it probably says a lot about our news media at the moment. So you might wonder why I'm covering this. Well, he is, he's got a massively popular podcast that's on YouTube. And um, you know what? I've watched a number of his videos on, cer on certain topics and we tend to agree with an, a number of things he says. Don't agree with him on anything religiously, but I think he's, um, because of his reach, because of, um, well, for a lot of different reasons, I think it's it's worth going through. And and if you're watching this and you just stumble upon this, like just randomly, not trying in any way to belittle or anything like that, but at the same time, for the sake of either anybody who believes the same thing as Russell or anything else like that, for the sake of your soul, you would see the error of it. And there's a massive problem. He may say he believes in God, but it's not the God who created the heaven and the earth. It's, it's a God of, unfortunately, it's a God of Russell's imagination. I say that not as somebody trying to, again, this is not aimed to be cheap shotting or anything like that. I, I don't like videos like that. I don't like, um, but for the grace of God, I would have much worse opinion of God than he did. I can understand the scriptures, not because I'm smart or anything else like that, but be, for this reason and this reason alone, God has op God opened my eyes back in 2009. Helped me to see that I was a sinner. 
in need of the mercy of God, in need of the grace of God, and because of that, I am so grateful to him, and I want to share it with others. And I want anybody who may stumble upon this video or stumble upon this podcast to also come and know Christ. I don't care how many, in a sense, how many view it. I, I want people to know Christ. I want people to be set free. I want people to no longer follow themselves or some other idol. And these people may be very nice, respectable, and you know all this kind of thing. Very maybe very tolerant one toward another, but at the same time, it's not my standards by which you're going to get into heaven. We've been created in the image of God or we'll be held accountable to the, the, the standards of our creator. So with that in mind, let us play the 7 minute and 42 minute clip um, and comment on it. Uh, again, if you have any questions, radio at gmail.com. You believe in God. What kind of um, idea do you have of God? A, a limitless, benevolent oneness. That the consciousness in me right now, the experience of being me, looking out of my eyes at you, is the same experience you're having as well. But Okay, I'm going to be stopping this quite a lot. And I'm going to be... <laughs> he does speak quite a lot, and he does kind of hop around a bit. Um... I don't agree with him at all. But I don't think he's somebody who hasn't thought about this. Evidently, he's thought a lot about this. And I even I would even go to say go so far as I think he's a deep thinker. I'm not saying he's a great academic or great intellectual, but I think he's someone who's thought about these things far more than most. Now again, the, the amount we think about things doesn't make us right. What kind of um, idea do you have of God? A, a limitless, benevolent oneness. That the con okay, an Im infinite, benevolent oneness. So it's just, there's, a, there's a mixture of truth and error in a lot of what he's saying, right? God is infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing. He cannot be contained. He could not be contained by uh, the temple that was found in Jerusalem where his, his presence dwelt in a very special way in the Holy of Holies, in the Ark of the Covenant. He is infinite in power and glory. Benevolent, yes, he's the very definition of what it means to be good. Oneness, um, well, God is one. The Shema, um, the, what is it, Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. There is one God. Now, we might say, are we agreeing with things? Well, no, the things kind of depart from there. Consciousness in me right now, the experience of being me, looking out. Now, he's saying that it is, 
kind of a, a consciousness in him experiencing it. I'm going to try and play a good bit of this clip so that we get our heads around exactly what he's saying and try not to misrepresent them in any way, shape or form. Benevolent oneness, that the consciousness in me right now, the experience of being me looking out of my eyes at you is the same experience you're having as well, but with the variants and variations that have come from your individual experience and probably some biochemical distinctions. There's a lot going on there, right? So there's... From what I can see, and having listened to a lot of what I've heard, he seems to believe in a form of panentheism. Not pantheism, but panentheism, which means God is in all. Okay. Um, pantheism will say that all is God and we're all oneness. He would. I found another clip where he said he doesn't agree with that. So it seems to be panentheism, which is God is in all. Um, and you will see certain... Um, Eastern faiths, um, I think it's in certain parts of Hinduism, but I'm not an expert on that kind of thing. So you would have a sense of God is in all. We'll critique it in a second. This is his view he's presenting here. God is in all, and and we're all experiencing that, and that energy or oneness is everywhere. Okay, this is this is his view. Well, but through meditation, we could achieve a place of oneness and connection. I believe that God is now. This kind of there's going to be a lot of contradictions in here because just because of the nature of the view. But he's saying, like through meditation, you can go on and. And I've heard other clips where he's talking about where we can get to a point where we're either acting like an animal, I think it was like a Jacob consciousness or something like I heard in one clip, and then toward kind of more uh, God. So it's very much, he sees God not as a, a, a person, but as a state to be brought into union with as something we can attain through our own acts. His view is quite complex, so I'm, tr I'm trying not to, I really am trying not to, 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 to misrepresent him in any way and stuff like that. It'd be very... Yes, it is idolatrous because you see God. You see God in everything. It is inherently idolatrous. If you see God in um, other people and yourself, then there's goodness in everyone. And we just got to love each other. We just got to love everything we each other are doing and everything else like that. Um, and and if and if God is there, well, we've got to worship that and bow down toward that. So it will inevitably lead to a worshipping of the wrong God. It will inevitably lead to a, to a violation of the first commandment. I am the Lord your God and I shall have no gods before me. But I kind of want to get through and, and explain more of what he's saying and we'll critique it further unity that the reason that love feels good is because love is a truth that there is a connection between now again you'd ha i i i say this 
define love love is a connection well love is a connection i mean there's been some very evil people and we i think we'd all agree that they're evil um i don't know you know go, go back to the second world war benito mussolini and uh adolf hitler had a kind of a connection i'm not saying that in terms of you know romantic or anything like that but i mean in connection within their goals love of what and how do you define what is good if it just feels right and because really i suppose if you take it to a logical conclusion you just say that well you're just experiencing these things and to experience these things you get closer to his concept of god but it becomes almost do what you will people whether it's their love of newcastle united your dog a family member or whatever what is it is a kind of an attempt to unify and connect with that thing yeah but that's the thing um unify this is where it is completely wrong now is there anything wrong with following a football team or you know having a pet or whatever yeah no no of course is not but in the right context um you know in what way does that love show and manifest itself you could say um the problem with it is if it be anything can become an idol good things can become an idol uh, we're to love our neighbor as ourselves but we're not to put them in the place of God and worship them and love them more than our creator. So it can't be this kind of just nebulous idea or unknown idea of how we connect with other people. We're all just one. We all need to find out how we're connected with each other. And look, there's there's an element of truth in there somewhere. I, I can see that. But the element of truth is this. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that is shown in the second table of the law that Moses brought down from Mount Sinai. Starting off, honor your father and your mother, the, the fifth commandment, all the way down to you shall not covet. So the second table of the law is love your neighbor as yourself. The first table was love the Lord God, the Lord your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The you can summarize the the law of God in several different ways. Another way you could summarize the law of God is love. God is love. This is what love looks like it, it, to obedience to the law of God. Jesus Christ was the perfect embodiment of love. He obeyed the law perfectly in every point. He is what love looks like. Because God is love. It is, that's what it looks like. It can't just be, well, whatever feels good. We're just experiencing it itself. How do you tell? Because here you have no standards except for what really feels good. And just as long as you love something, well, what if you have a very strange view of what love is? Um, I think for the last two years, we've had a very strange views of what love, loving our neighbor has been. 
It's been isolating people. It's been copying the CCP in China. That's... And I'm not free of any guilt here. But that's the problem. If we don't following God, we're following other things. So you can have a really warped view of what it means to love your neighbor. It can be very abusive. How many of these people in history, these mass murderers, you know, these leaders, these tyrants, these oppressors, thought they were doing good, thought they were doing right, thought they were helping society, thought they were helping society make the great leap forward, and all that kind of thing, like China and all the things, you know, Mao Zedong. So <laughs> these guys are not getting out and say, I'm doing a terrible thing. Their conscience wouldn't be able to live with it. They believed what they were doing was right and that it was right for everyone to bow before them as ruler. That it would make things better for everyone. You'll even see this with, you know, in crime and things like that. There's, there's a certain degree of moral relativism. But there's no moral relativism or ambiguity when it comes to the law of God. It's written with the finger of God. And we'll be held accountable to that because we've been created in God's image. We, we suppress that truth and unrighteousness. Uh, the heavens declare the glory of God, the beginning of Psalm 19. Um, we see evidence for our creator God. But he is... God is holy. He is separate from his creation. Yes, he is omnipresent, but he's not in all. Because really, that is not a limitless God at all. A very limited God. Dependent upon the parameters of which are said, and really, it's he said. Well, you can reach this through meditation. Well, you're really saying I can become God one day. We can all join together, and we're all God. We're all part of this thing. So, really, all goes back to Genesis three. You should be like God, knowing good and evil. Um, another way of saying that, the lie that the devil sold to them in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, was this: You shall decide for yourself and make up your own rules. That's you will know good and evil. It's a kind of an attempt to unify and connect with that thing. I believe that the physical realm, the material world, is just one bandwidth of reality for which we have the sensory instruments. And because the only sensory instruments we have are for this particular material plane, sight, sound, smell, taste, you know, whatever, that's, that we think of that as the sum total of reality. But it is not inconceivable that, that there will be other instruments that detect entirely different realms of reality and even within the stratas of reality that we can receive. Again, certain elements of truth and when you get into this area of, you know, like quantum physics and all this kind of stuff, you can get into all sorts of weirdness. Um, we're very limited in how we can understand things. Yes, there is a spiritual reality. I suppose the one analogy or one illustration I could give you very, very quickly is we, we can't see 
gravity, but we can see the effects of gravity. We can see the effects of the spiritual war going on around us, don't we? Um, in terms of a spiritual nature. The only way we can know about the spiritual world or have any clue about it because of our limitation of sight, smell, and all this kind of thing, because of our limitations, because of the way we've been created, we must go to the word of God. Because we will be deceived, we will be wrong. Because, you could say, the complexity of all, we must go to the word of God. And even then, we are not going to understand everything. We're going to understand what, God wants for us to understand in, in order that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped unto every good work. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17. We, we have everything we need. This is um, a doctrine known as the sufficiency of Scripture. Everything that could help us in life and godliness. God's not holding anything back from us. No, no other information would help us to live a godly life. We have everything we need in the scriptures to understand what is going on around us in terms of, of uh, spiritual reality and all this kind of thing. Everything. Otherwise, we don't have a clue. We are. We think we're learning, but we'll go. We'll go from one. Our our. It's like flying a plane. And all the instruments of the ladder, you know, how your altitude from the ground, and, and they're all broken, and you're trying to fly with them. Maybe even flying blindfolded. Sin has not just messed with us morally in our hearts, but in our wills, but also our mind. It's actually, it has affected the intellect. It has brought decay into the world. Right after the fall of, of Adam, up until the flood, uh, people lived, what, 900 years. And after the flood, that was greatly reduced. And a number of people, what, they lived until about 120 after that, and then it tailed off. There are some parts of the world, like Japan and places like that, people live, do live, tend to live long lives, but it tends to be at least, uh, at most, 100. And a lot of people only live to 70, 80. Thousands of years ago, people lived longer. There are health consequences that have caused... We are in no way... No, no way. Um, we're not in this pristine condition, you could say, as Adam was when he was first created. Intellectually, in his will, and everything else like that. Let's go, let's go back to... Um, this is one minute and ten seconds into this clip. Uh, if you want to find it on YouTube, does Russell Brand believe in God? And this is from the True Geordie podcast. Steve, we know that bats and dolphins and whales and other creatures and cats see other light and hear other sound. So we're living in a curated reality. We know that people that have sight... No, it's not a reality. It's like... Okay, there's a certain... 
It's the same reality. I know where he's coming from, but it's a very much, you know, is it all real? Almost kind of, you know, very, almost like the Matrix kind of way of looking at the world. Um, at least that's what I think he's getting at here. It's really the same reality. It's just, okay, you, two people have an amazing painting in front of them. One of them is colorblind. The other one isn't. They're going to experience it in different ways, but it doesn't change the, the reality. Um, we need to be... But if you're told what's going on... Um, you know, bats have different instruments and the way they've been created to help them to see, to fly, and to, to you know, to get food and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't mean that they... It's almost like, oh, well, we don't know, really know what's going on in reality. We'd like to believe that when people want more than what's here. And, and here's the thing. We've been created to want more than... There's a reason, friends, that we are dissat... That if you are outside of Christ and you, you're not a Christian and you don't know the Word of God, there's a real reason that God has put in your heart where you're dissatisfied, where you're miserable, where you won't, you won't find satisfaction in anything else. You, you, you tell yourself you do, but not real rest, not rest for your soul. So this world is never enough. And so you always find with these views that there's always like, well, there's, there's something greater behind the curtain. kind of like a, a story we will tell ourselves, which isn't true, rather than accepting our problem is with the true creator and how he created the world, and we don't love him in our natural state. We don't want him in our natural state. The problem is not God. The problem is not the evidence. The problem is not uh, anything's confusing or complicated. It's quite simple. The problem is us. And I wouldn't see this either unless God had showed pity upon me and made me to see the beauty of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the heinousness, because I see that, then I see the heinousness of my sin. And then I want him. And I turn from sin and I turn to him. And I don't chase after other things. And I don't think that I'm... I'm not such a bad person or anymore or anything like that. You realize because you're comparing yourself with the one who is the very definition of love, the very definition of what it means to be good. Anything that goes away from that is always foolishness. Horizontally, Russell comes across as a quite a deep thinking guy, and you probably a guy you could sit down and have a chat with and be very interested by and things like that. But vertically towards God, rejecting God, if you reject God, you're a fool. Because you're rejecting the clear and obvious implication of the creation. 
and the law of God written in your heart, the fact that you've been created in the image of God, and when you suppress that, you go into more and more contradictory and confused views. or near-death experiences encounter reality that's entirely different. There are phenomena that are excluded continually from the conversation because if it's true that we're all one, then systems of hierarchy and domination and exploitation and destruction would have to radically review the way that the world is undertaken. If all that really matters is your life as an individual, you're born, you... Okay, so... Let's play that again, because it's just play that again for clarity. Highly different. There are phenomena that are excluded continually from the conversation, because if it's true that we're all one, then systems of hierarchy and domination and exploitation... Yeah, because if we're all one, we're all... There is a, there's a, I'm thinking of contradictions that are kind of even with his own system, but... He's saying, if we're all one, well, we should all maybe rule, and there, there's no real... Now, just because one rules over another, one has an authority over another, doesn't mean that the other person is of any lesser value. And even by his own admission, he says, by meditation, you can get, according to Russell Brand's view of God, you can, through meditation, get to that place of being more in the oneness of God. But... That even itself is a hierarchy. There, there's even a kind of a school of New Age teaching, and there's various views of because New Age is very, you know, very much in flux. There's no set parameters, but very much a hierarchy. You kind of go up in terms of which, you know, which level of master or guru or whatever you reach depending on what you're going for. But there is, even within that system, if you think about it, the higher attainment and all that kind of thing, there is a, a hierarchy. I suppose what he's, if he's talking about hierarchy in terms of exploitation, if you are a ruler, you, you we are never to exploit. We're to rule righteously, you know, according to, to God, because as God has revealed and showed us in this word to rule justly and well in his sight to not to be a terror uh not to be terror to good works in Romans 13 we, uh, rulers are to be ministers are, are not that they are to be but they are ministers of God there's no power but of God so gonna go back there's a lot here <laughs> and destruction are excluded continually from the conversation because now the 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 he's saying that look it's so subjective there's no way of measuring it if, even if you wanted to take it at face value you know experiences and all this kind of thing that people talk about whether that's taking certain substances and having certain experiences what is that? Well, you can all have different views upon that, whether that it's imaginary, whether it's some kind of psychosis, whether it's 
demonic, whatever. <clears throat> and we don't know a lot of the time. That's the problem with experiences. You know, there's nothing that really, unless someone of infinite knowledge and understanding and the very source of wisdom tells us. And how do we know that? In the word of God. And the word of God has shown us that it is, it, it tells us the end from the beginning before it even happens so that this is not human wisdom. This is the word of the living God. Outside of that, how can we know? Now, this is not the reason why people, other people wouldn't look into this. The reason why other people would look into it, it's, it's not in any way just, you can't measure it, can you? If it's true that we're all one, then systems of hierarchy and domination and exploitation and destruction would have to radically review the way... Yeah, um, any kind of oppression is wrong. Um, in the Bible, the Bible speaks against oppression quite a bit. Um, the, the Israelites were oppressed in Egypt for 400 years between the time of Joseph all the way up to the time of Moses at the start of the book of at the start of the book of Exodus it was one of the things that the the Israelites fell into during you read about it in it was one of the sins in mentioned by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17 it was one of the things that to repent of mistreating or horribly treating their neighbor, taking advantage of them. Nehemiah, there's examples of it. And Nehemiah didn't want to take of the king's provision. He could have. From the Nehemiah was, for those of you not aware of the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is like uh, the cupbearer of the king, Artaxerxes, king of Persia. He's sent back to rebuild the wall, uh, to restore the city. He is made governor there. He does not, he rules in such a way, he doesn't take any of the lavishness and the comfort that would be afforded to him in the role that he was serving. Basically, at that time, Judah was just, wasn't independent at all. This is after the exile, after a captivity in Babylon. And n now, he rules not in a way that takes advantage of people. And all. So, Bible clearly against that, and against mistreating of people and people less powerful and all that, which is always the case, um, the people less powerful without a voice will often be taken advantage of. It is just, unfortunately, the way things are. But the problem is sin. The problem is sin. And if you get somebody in a, in a more powerful position than another person, they have a more, greater opportunity to mistreat and oppress and all that. It doesn't mean, by the way, that poor people and people in lower strata won't do things that are bad. They do. So, um, now, in terms of hierarchy, that doesn't really say anything about that at all. It is wrong because there's a right way revealed by God to lead. And Jesus himself, who came with a mission from his father, which he submitted to, 
he served. He was a servant leader. He laid, he conquered in a way that the people of Judea were not in any way expecting. If you go through the Gospel of Mark, Mark is very much about confront, confronting their false view, the, the, the view of the Jews. They believed that he was just going to be on you know, the typical view of he was just going to kick out the Romans and everything else like that. No, no, he came, yes, to conquer, yes, to go forth, but, but by preaching the gospel, by suffering, by submitting, by serving. By surrendering, even. He was conquering over his enemies, completely contrary to what they were thinking. So, um, yeah. So I, I pray that if you're listening to this, you stumble upon it in, in the Lord's providence, that you would look to the, yes, exploitation, all these things are wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But that does not mean that there's no hierarchy or structures in society. That would be complete anarchy. That would be... You'd have to believe that men are good. And if you believe people are good, Just, I mean, if you believe people are naturally, inherently good, you probably haven't been, you're probably not a parent. Okay. Um, you leave children to them to themselves and you leave them do whatever they like. I mean, whenever they like. You spoil them and everything else. They'll probably, there's a good chance they could grow up and be in prison by the time they're 20 or whatever. Because we're all sinners. We need to be told what is, we need to be corrected. We don't need to be told what's wrong. We need to be told what's right. The way that the world is undertaken. If all that really matters is your life as an individual, you're born, you live, you die. Like if that's all reality is, then why bother to cultivate a beautiful world? If the and this part, I have to point out, this part I agree with. There's every now and again, there's going to be things I agree with. things are real are the things that you can measure then why explore the limitless space within us as well as the limitless space without us when we talk about science what we mean is the area of science that is well funded no now there's nothing wrong with studying you know god's creation because it's god's creation it's wonderful but it's all to give glory to god and to study him and his amazement not the amazement of what's within us because we're so amazing and fantastic. The way we'll know what we need to know in order to grow spiritually and everything else is by studying the Word of God, the Word of God from the Creator. No one's spending a lot of money to discover whether or not inexpensive substances can heal mental health issues because we live in a profit-driven society. We don't notice or recognise that we live in a fundamentalist ideology. You know, when, like, sort of, remember 10 years ago when people were much more sort of scared. Well, I under... Yeah, I understand. And it would be nice 
I do think though there are times when there's a lot of there are things going on around the world various types of medicine I won't mention it because some of them are controversial and a lot of people have different views on them but there are things that go on around the world sometimes people donate um, it's poor countries and it massively brings them child mortality and, and, and a lot of people don't make money out of it so there's that now, radical Islam and stuff, when terrorism was the thing that was used to keep us in check back then, those nostalgic days, we talked about like fundamentalism. Now, but we <coughs> forget that we live in a fundamentalist ideology where we're constantly bombarded with co commercial ideas and an ideology that continually underwrites that when you cannot escape screens, when you cannot escape the constant scream of commodification. We live in a radical society. It's a radical... Try and get out of it. Well, well, well okay... This is another place I'm going to point out a contradiction because if God is an all, is it just living creatures or is it all things? Um, not entirely. It sounds like it's panentheism from the what I've seen. And if that's the case, well, more commodities, more stuff, isn't that good? If you're going to follow according to that logic and things like that. No, Obviously, that we don't because we don't appreciate it as much. But there are contradictions within this system he's putting forward. Try and not obey it. Try and live your own life. And then you'll see what, what the reality is you live within. So my belief in God is that what we call reality is only a small piece of reality and accessible to us within us. Is, an, is something that is very deep and powerful. C.S. Lewis, he was like, wrote Lion Rich and Wardrobe, all that stuff. Okay. Well, well before we get on too much ahead, um, I'm going to just play it again because he, there's so much there. That what we call reality is only a small piece of reality and accessible to us within us is, an, is something that is very deep and powerful. C.S. Lewis, he was like... So something that is accessible within us and... Apart from the things I've already mentioned, I'm not going to try not to go back over my, what I've said already. We have the law of God. We've been creating God's image. So that's what's within us. We've been created different from the animals. If you look at Romans 2.15 which says this and this is speaking about the Gentiles who show the work of the law written in their hearts their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves their thoughts accusing or, ex or else excusing them in the day when the Lord will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel so that law written in their hearts now suppressing the truth and righteous, but they know that things are wrong. Even those not having the law, not having the law of Moses. So, let's get back to this. C.S. Lewis, he was like, he wrote Lion Rich and Wardrobe, all that stuff. 
He wrote a book called Mere Christianity. And in that book, Mere Christianity, he says, like, look, where do values come from? Where does it come from, the idea that you're meant to be kind to one another, that you're meant to be loving? He goes, you, you get one society where... One of the confusing things about it is it is a bit of a pick and mix. I think you're probably noticing this. It is a bit of a pick and mix of all things. Having not... Probably should have dug up that c.s lewis quote from mere christianity but um not a great fan of c.s lewis myself you know because his views were pretty much roman catholicism minus the pope and mary you know those books written there was a book written i re read years ago basically why he didn't convert to roman catholicism because people thought that he would he was part of the the anglican wing of the, the or the not the anglican wing the 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 catholic wing of uh, the anglican church so not a big Lewis Fan, if you want to know more about that, look up J.I. Packer's article written in Christianity Today, written years ago. Uh, I think it's called Surprised by Packer, or <laughs> Surprised by C.S. Lewis. Anyway, so, but he, it is very much a pick and mix. And, and if you're going to have meaning, we have meaning and what is right and wrong and everything else from our creator. I think that's pretty much what Lewis was probably getting at person might be married to five husbands or wives and you get another society where people might just have one wife but you don't get a society where people are applauded for running away in battle if someone gives up their seat to you on public transport and you don't say thank you you know that ain't right if someone gives you something you don't give it back to them you know that ain't, something in your body lets you know people go out of their way to come up with ideas the image of god the image of God. We didn't create ourselves. God created us and we've been created in the image of God. We know what he's talking about is what Paul was writing about, about the Gentiles. It says, I'll read it from verse 12 onwards of Romans chapter 2. For as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law. As many have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are justified in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when the Gentiles, who do not have the law, by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, that thing inside them. Their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or ex as excusing them. So what you're talking about there is we've been created in the image of God. We're evolved because in the days when we was in tribes, if someone done something nice, so therefore we're rewarded. There's so much complexity in anatomy, just the evolution of an eye, that it's, it's beyond, it's beyond material. There's complexity in the eye because it has been created. And if you look at the, the work of, you know, biochemist, like by the name of Michael J. Behe, it just sh shows the complexity of the body, showing the impossibility of the evolutionary model. But I digress. Of course, you can create a narrative around anything, but the narratives that we create around a godless, atheistic, materialistic universe are fundamentalist they are a choice it's not empiricism it's not this is the facts it's this is a set of facts and by coincidence this set of facts advances the agenda of the powerful weirdly so i believe 
I kind of agreed with him for a second, and then he was like the agenda of the powerful. Some of the some of the powerful are very mystical, and some of the powerful have views like him. What you're talking about is an evil cabal, or evil cabal, whatever you want to say. Um, some of them are atheists, but some of them are do have views. There, there's no one mystical view. There are people who've done horrible things that have claimed to be Christians and, you know, they haven't been born again. This is my point. They can claim to follow whoever they follow. And you're going to get a range of professed views of people who do horrible things to other people. I just want to point that out there. I, this is not me saying, hey, anybody who claims to follow the Bible is all set. No. You must be born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, a teacher in Israel, John chapter 3, you must be born again. Uh, because I believe there are different layers of reality that are accessible and I've been in them. Do you, because um, I, I, I'm quite interested to listen to your podcast. I think there's a lot of really great guests on there that you kind of, you managed to explore people from the, the, the right people like Ben Shapiro and then there's people like Jordan Peterson somewhere in between that and then there's people on the left as well do you think um, do you think there is a, a, a particular ideology that's getting it right at the moment like do, do you think there is is Islam or is Christianity do you think those things are important in the world I think that it's important to have a set of principles and values I don't really have a favourite in fact, what I mostly believe is that people should not judge other people's sets of ideologies or lack of ideologies. I believe it. Now, this is where it kind of gets a bit ridiculous for me because I just like, you are. Okay. Here he is judging people for judging other who he's judging people who judge people for their views. We all have we all make judgments we all make judgment calls we all based upon our values and for example if you love say you love animals and and you see animal cruelty you're going to believe that's wrong and you're going to be really angry if you love children you're going to be against child abuse on and on and so forth you're not going to say well you know i have different views of how we should treat children or animals or whatever else like that. So, but you're, you're also saying, I don't think we should, Well, that's making, you're saying it's wrong for you to judge somebody who judges and it falls apart really quickly. Now, if you want to say we should have a degree of grace and toleration, okay, fair enough, but to make no judgment call at all, Is a judgment call, if you know what I mean. You're you're saying no judgment, but I'm going to judge the people who judge. You know, I think you understand what I'm saying. Even a kind of libertarian anarchism, where people should be able to form their own communities with their own values, and if you don't agree with those values, you should just go, oh, cool, all right, you know, like whether it's people's gender identity or people having a very strict religious set of principles if they're practicing that within their community then i don't think it's anybody else's business but in order to radically change reality there will have to be some 
correspondence and some coordination and some co- collaboration. So there does, at some level, need to be a kind of confederacy. I feel that ultimately the big distraction that we're, that is continually undertaken is the fact is, like, say, just take the example of football. Of course, it's very easy to hate Sunderland fans or Tottenham fans or Millwall fans or whatever it is that you know. But it's sort of you know, really, it's kind of a game because you've got people that you love that support mm-hmm. those football teams. It's an artificial. It's an artificial difference. I think these differences are true with most of the talking points in the news around left-right politics. Yeah, but the problem is a football team's a football team. You know, it's not like evil to support one football team and not even, you know, anyway. Etc. these days. But what we have to look for is alliance because the people in positions of power, the institutions that are powerful, benefit from us continually being distracted by these... But the only way you can come to any kind of alliance is that there's shared values and that we aren't compromising in something that if you say something that's evil, well, you can't join in with somebody who's involved in that thing. So, again, we have to, a society needs to establish what it believes. Now, as a Christian, I believe that that should be according to the will and the word of God. Christ is the head of both the church and of the state whether we recognize that or not. In the notes. So I think, like, if I was hanging out with Muslims, I think I would, like, listen to them and think, oh, yeah, these are the things that are true. If I'm hanging out with Christians or Buddhists or atheists or whatever, I've got, you know, Ricky Gervais has been on here and he's been on my podcast and he's, like, a pretty serious atheist, isn't he? But he has morals and values and loves animals and seems to think there's something very sacred about animals you know and like so i and like and when i went on rogan and he's into hunting and i'm a vegan i think well i'm not going to sort of spend my time arguing with this geezer about some little trivial point even though i really really love animals and i don't well okay well make another point if you want to say well what if see some vegans are very hardcore and would think like and i think they're probably being a bit consistent with their view because they see is you know taking the life of an of an animal is the same as taking the life of a human and but he's made a judgment call well it's something trivial i obviously as a christian don't believe that it's wrong to kill an animal i mean peter was told is in acts 10 and acts 11 kill slay and eat there's nothing wrong well, and there was also killing of animals centuries before that as well for food and all that. I don't think you should get your jollies out hurting animals or anything like that. That's wrong. Um, but if it's for food and for things like that, great. Um, you know, we can kind of go to extremes as Christians. Sometimes we can think that the life of a, an animal, just because we don't want to... Yes, human life is way more important than an animal, but it doesn't mean an animal is, is at a zero either. Um... No, an animal's life. That's why the sacrificial system was there. That it was, it was. If you think of it, it's tragic. See all the, these lambs and everything else slaughtered. There was that picture of the the tragedy of the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You know, the tragedy in in the sense of it took the the death of God's only begotten Son. 
to have to wash us from our sin. He was triumphant, it was glorious, he was exalted, but what he did for his people is incredible. Let's see if we can finish off this. Are we getting on there for time? Oh, well. We're going to finish off now in a few minutes. I think, yeah. we got about 40 seconds left. Hopefully, we can get this finished. I would be able to fire a gun at a creature's head. I think like, that would be really <laughs> far out for me to do that. But I still feel like, well, why am I going to sort of like, when it, with someone I so clearly agree with a lot about, why would I bother to argue? Because that's what everyone else does. Right. So that, that's... that's 99% of the internet is right. there's your coffee is is disagreeing with each other over the little things because to some people that's kind of agree with the host there he's talking about this you know like the, that is the internet and all that kind of stuff but how do you define what's little and what's big how do you know what's important more than other things and stuff like that all they see that, and like who you support that's it's the best kind of way to distract people from what is actually important no i get i get what they're saying just again how do you define what is important and everything else like that and i say this is not as hey gotcha i'm so no i'm not i'm <laughs> not smart at all i mean um but the thing is by god's grace I've been set free and I hope by God's grace that anybody listens to this, maybe helped by it. Maybe if you are a Christian, maybe you know somebody at work, maybe that has the same view, maybe it might help you to talk with them. Be patient with people. Um, but you want, you want that person to know Christ. Keep praying for them. Pray for how you witness, pray, pray for you talk with them and things like that. Um, but all the people we're looking at this they're all people created in the image of God and they're all people we will all have to stand before the throne room of God one day and the thing is will we be wrapped and clothed in the righteousness of Christ or in the filthiness of our own sin it's been Paul Flynn and God bless you all